Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And my name is Jessica Tresero. And this week we are joined by return guest, Bestie of the Pod. You've heard her in Lousy Advice, the podcast. You've heard her in Sad Girls Club. She is Shelby Marie. Please clap. What's up? Thank you. I feel so validated. I and I'm like kind of like Tinkerbell. Like if you don't give me enough attention, I I will disappear. And because in this there's no audience, it's just us in a room. It's like everybody, this person. Exactly. And then I do disappear. So if you're listening at home, please clap. Yes, please literally clap in your home. Okay. So you're back on the podcast. This is your second time with us. Mm-hmm. You did the Freaky Friday episode years ago, literally years ago. That was a mess. Oh my God, that was fucking years ago. Jesus. That was like oh my God. one of our I, earlier episodes. It's been so I long. I know, but I forget that we've been doing this for so long because literally I've been stuck in my house for two years. I know, it's so. been so long. <laughs> my, I'm sorry, my apartment. I do not have a house because I <laughs> am like every good person in their 30s who just Who's still renting. is stuck. <laughs> um... We're doing Scream. We're doing Scream and Scream. We're doing Scream and Scrum. Scrum. Um, What is your history with the movie Scream, Shelby? I'm glad you asked because Scream is my favorite horror movie for sure. But I would argue that it could be like my favorite movie in general. Mm. I watch it. Obviously, I watch it like every year around Halloween time. And I'm not like, a, I'm famously with amongst our friends, not a movie buff. I've never seen any movie ever except for the ones that I've seen. And this is one of the ones that I've seen. Um, I, I feel like it's maybe because I saw it for the first time when I was in high school, probably like freshman year at a sleepover, I think is when it was. And I just remember seeing like Drew Barrymore and I mean, literally everybody in that movie and being like... Why do I want to be her? And then later I was like, oh, I was just super bisexual. Yeah. So she's just hot as fuck. And a you're very like, special oh. place in my heart for many reasons. Yeah. So I, I kind of associate those two things now. Yeah. I would. But yeah. Seen it a million times. I love it. Love, love, love it. Gorge. Jess, what is your history with this movie? Do oh my you have gosh. One? I've had no fucking history with these, with this movie or these movies. I'm sorry. With this franchise. Like, Okay, everybody here, longtime listeners, know that I have never been into scary movies. I watched Arachnophobia when I was like eight after my mom got bit by a brown recluse spider and was like, everything is awful. I can't do any scary movies and also have a phobia of spiders now. But anyways, I would have nightmares like night terrors and stuff like that as a kid. So like, and then of course, I think we've talked about it too, where like my family was like, religious out of convenient when it was convenient right so they're like oh this is the devil you can't watch this so everything was like hyper scary to me so no scary movies ever 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 and then as we've started watching scary movies for this podcast I've been like maybe they fuck maybe like this is like really good (laughs) right because like I always thought that scary movies were just like jump scare right or like um you know softcore porn I was like okay like fine or like you know like just people like cutting off their limbs like in saw and stuff like that like nobody yeah I feel like 
people only in the past like couple years started telling me that horror could actually be like good and like a good commentary and just like fun. And then this is like one especially where I'm like, wow, horror is just really fucking good. And I've been missing out and I was wrong. Why the fuck did nobody tell me that like horror well, is actually really fucking there's cool? There's so much to sift through within it's, that genre though that like And there's so many hard. subgenres too. There's so many like there's like the more auteurship ones, but then there's also like this is only here so we can kill people. Like it's a cut them up, it's a bleed them out. That's why it exists. Like, there's no story. Okay. These people so aren't real. So we're just watching, like, I'm sorry, we're watching the elevated horror films here well, on this, this pod. One is, I feel like this one is, yeah, <laughs> this one is also weird because it is, like, there aren't a lot of, like, meta horror movies. There are some good ones, like Cabin in the Woods. Uh, a good one, Evil Dead. That's a super silly slapstick one that's kind of, like, mm-hmm. jokesy but also gross. This one is way more, though, because obviously Jamie Kennedy, he's, like, the you have to know your movies and this is a movie and we're in a movie and you're yeah. like, Oh my God, here we go. This is great. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's such like a interesting game change for horror. It's like a fun horror movie. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess I'll t- say mine now. Yeah. I was going to say I'm Eric. Capitalizing. Um, I just love scream. I saw it when I was a kid and I just like really enjoyed it. It was so fun. I love Matthew Lillard. I'm a huge Matthew Lillard fan in general. So like a young him being in this, and I think this was his, Second or third role, second or third ever, I think. He, he was, was in, in serial... Scooby Doo around this time too, right? Well, th- this was a few years before Scooby Doo. Yeah, because he was in Serial uh... Mom. Um, that was, I think, his first big role, and then I think he had one thing before this, maybe, and then I believe Wasn't it's it Scream. SLC. It was SLC Punk, right? That was, I think, right? 2002. <gasps> two thousand two. Whoa! Well, right. I know. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I know. But he is, it was one of his first things. And so seeing him, it's like amazing. Obviously, the whole cast is great. It's so silly, I'm sorry. so stupid. SLC Punk was 1998. I did have to correct that because I was oh, like, Oh, it was no 98. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. 98. I feel so much better. Thank you. Because this was 96. So that was a couple years after this. Oh, okay. Well, I love Matthew Lillard. I think he's gorgeous. Well, I don't have a crush on him. I think his acting career is gorgeous. That's what I mean by that. I mean, sure, but also 13 Ghosts, Scooby-Doo, Scream, obsessed with the guy. Um, Yeah, I just like Scream. I think Scream is so cool, and it's so classic, and it's neat. Uh, I do, there's so much I want to talk about with the next one, like with the the follow-up, because you literally said like elevated horror, and in the first scene where she's like, I only watch things like It Follows, Hereditary, and whatever, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. I feel so attacked. I like. Oh, <laughs> I loved I it. I appreciated the so nod to new har- horror, the good, like good movies too. I, know. I thought it it's was good clever, movies, but it's so clever and it is so. It is so the it's like the Baba Duke is my favorite movie because <laughs> of the commentary. And she's talking about like how it's like the mother, like the the it's a it's a commentary on trauma and on loss, and you're like. This is just what I sound like. I, yeah, I'm so. Uh. That made me think of you when I was watching it too. I was like. This person is Eric. I felt so called out. Literally, I forget the third movie, but she said, It Follows, Hereditary, and, oh, The Witch. Are you fucking kidding me? If that's not like the three, <laughs> like two of the movies that I espouse is like, my favorite horror movies. So dumb. Ugh. Yeah, gorgeous. no, I Anyways. definitely, that was the choice Ugh. to use elevated horror. I was, you know, it was like a little sneak peek. Yeah, I wanted, to, I, I was going to save it for the next one, but it was on top of my mind because we were talking about it, so I said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we just dive in and talk about Scream? Let's do it. And 
In Woodsboro, California, teenager Casey Becker answers a weird but flirtatious phone call from a stranger. The call quickly escalates from a seemingly harmless prank to grotesque double homicide by a masked murderer, aka Ghostface. As the news outlets flock to the town to cover the tragic murders, this news hits a little too close to home, literally, for high schooler Sydney Prescott, as it's almost the one-year anniversary of her own mother's rape-slash-murder. After an uncomfortable interaction with Gail Weathers, local TV news anchor hoping to make a name for herself through her non-consensual book about the Prescott's family trauma, Sydney looks to her friends and boyfriend for comfort with a mixed degree of success. With her dad out of town on business, her best friend Tatum decides to stay the night. However, before she arrives, Sydney herself gets a weird flirtatious phone call from a stranger that quickly escalates into another attempted ghostface murder. Luckily, Sydney is able to get away, but has her boyfriend Billy Loomis arrested as the key suspect who is quickly released after Sydney gets yet another ghostface call at Tatum's house. Things are weird and messy, and true to the genre, Billy's best friend Stu Mocker throws a party to celebrate the school closure due to all the murder happening. Sydney and Tatum show up with Tatum's brother slash police escort deputy sheriff Dewey, who invites his crush Gail Weathers. Gail plants a camera in the house while Stu and friends debate the rules of horror murder stuff, and Sydney decides to lose her virginity to Billy. See? Messy. Anyways, post-coitus, Billy and Sydney are attacked by Ghostface. Billy dies, Tatum dies, Randy dies, TV camera guy dies. Sydney is about to die, and oh, it turns out Billy isn't dead because he and Stu combined their powers to become Ghostface, and they were also responsible for the murder and rape of Sydney's mom and framed the man in jail for it. Messy. Sydney manages to get away. A game of hide and seek ensues. Gail comes back. Sydney drops a TV on Stu's head and he dies. Gail shoots Billy and he dies. Overall, a lot of murder happens, but in the end, the women have each other's back. Ooh. Okay. Where do we start? Drew Barrymore. Great. Um, stunning. Right? No notes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, truly, it's like, it is such, it is... It's the perfect like bait and switch, right? Genius. They were geniuses like, for that. She's on the poster. They're selling this movie as like a Drew Barrymore horror. That's how we're going to sell it. She's in the opening scene. Yes, the star of the film in our opening scene. She dies in seven, eight minutes. Like she's just gone. And then it's like the movie. She's not in it. Here it is. And you're like, what? But every second <laughs> that she is on screen is so suspenseful yeah. and just like, perfect like i have anxiety the whole time watching it and i know what happens well, every time though i feel that same like kind of rush like oh she's flirting oh what's gonna happen the staging too because it's like the popcorn is like a close-up of it popping open and then she's kind of like flirting with the knife a little bit like mm, i'm just in my kitchen and here's a knife mm -hmm. and it's like oh but it's such a good stage setter because of the whole like what's your favorite scary movie like let's talk about horror as a genre and they're like do you like halloween do you like friday the 13th and it's like i'm gonna quiz you on trivia she's like no don't i don't want to die <laughs> like it's so it's so funny and so just like <sighs> it's perfect it's like the perfect opening scene the way that they were building tension and that's something that i thought was just so good right off the bat where yeah like you said she's like she gets this phone call it's kind of weird but she like stays on the phone and she's like lying to this dude like oh i don't have a boyfriend whatever like get out of here and she starts popping the popcorn which is when the tension starts to build and as the tension is like coming to its apex the popcorn is literally smoking it's like the house is going to catch on fire 
there's like a bunch of stuff and like also the subtle shift between like a regular camera lens to the anamorphic lens so it feels yeah. more squished it feels more um claustrophobic, claustrophobic which is really yeah. cool but I was so obsessed with this whole thing because one Drew Barrymore is incredible and this this scene was just so I get it I get why it's iconic I fucking get it now um yeah. <laughs> But um, it's also I love that the movie was going to be called Scary Movie before they changed it to Scream. <laughs> like, you know, oh, how Scary Movie is like the, the funny one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was before that. The original script for this was just called Scary Movie. Oh, it was going to be called Scary Movie. So all of the lines in the first scene and anytime they talk about it, it's like, what's your favorite scary movie? They keep saying the name of the fucking movie in the movie if it's called oh, Scary Movie. So it was going to be even more inside where it's like. Your favorite scary movie. That's even I love more scary meta. movies. You love scary like, movies. Yes, it is. Yeah. But then at the very end, like one of the last lines of the movie is "Scream." Yes. So that's just God, they're so fucking yeah. clever yeah. through this whole movie. I, it is so funny that then scary movie happened, and now it's like the opposite, like slapstick farce of whatever. But, anyways. I interrupted you for that. Oh, no, you're good. I I really like also that she was really smart, too. Or like she not she was like, I, I love the line where she's like, look, if you want to talk to somebody, there's 900 numbers to call. I was like, that is something that nobody that is born today would understand. Right. Yeah. Those were like the sexy porn numbers. But I really like the way that the murders are framed. I liked the way especially with like Drew's murder and then like the attempted murder of like Sydney and stuff like that. Right. Where like. It's a woman on her own feeling good about herself. Everything is great. And then somebody calls her. And when she's not receptive to this unwanted, like unfamiliar call, right? And she's unreceptive to um, what this male presence is like, you know, demanding from her. That's when she starts to be attacked. That's when um, he starts, you know, calling uh, Ghostface starts calling her like a little bitch. I'm going to cut you up. You know, the police aren't going to make yeah. it. So he's like taken that away from her. And at the very end of like that first scene, you know, Drew's death, um, we see her like, I don't know what he, he like crushed her windpipe or something. So she couldn't talk. But like we see her trying to scream out like yell out for her mom and her dad who are literally like feet away from her they could save her if only they would just look to the left right and like Ghostface literally took her voice away you know yeah to me Ghostface is and also Billy Loomis by extension and everybody that takes on the Ghostface moniker is just this (laughs) this super asshole gaslighting person that is also way too obsessed with pop culture and kind of like a a super gross boy gross person which I love that they lean into that because I feel like this movie I don't know if any of you are Buffy fans I watched Buffy for the first time (laughs) like a couple years ago um so you remember the season I think it was like season six like after the big finale when like Buffy comes back and it's different and the bad guys are the internet trolls. The bad guys are these incel boys, you know, and just like toxic fandom in general. Like this to me was reminiscent of that. And I love that because we're pinpointing at this point, like as a woman, like that is in a space criticizing What's really scary. And it's right. I mean, it's every time it's terrifying to have an opinion as a woman. And like, you know, especially when you're talking about like pieces and franchises and movies or like things that people love and like base their entire identity around. Right. So 
they're having this conversation here, which I've always really, really appreciated, especially like early on before that was even really like a big, big conversation that people were having. Mm-hmm. And I also love that they carried that through to the next well, movie. Because in the we'll next one, about. it's... it's- it's evolved I feel like it's for with a lot of, the times, right? Because yeah. like I feel like we, it's also like, why a lot of people hated it because I know a lot of the like people who I've heard say why they don't like the next one, and we will talk about it then. But like part of why they don't like it is because it becomes too meta, and I'm like, no, that's the point of these movies. Yeah, you that's don't the get whole it. idea. That's the like, entire fucking idea. That's, of these that's movies. the entire point of the movie okay, is that look. it is meta, and them discussing like, oh, it's not. It's like legacy characters, and this. I mean, I don't want to get Everything too into that so scene, good. but like, ugh, yes. Yeah. That scene in particular, I was like, this is our thesis right here. I know. And also, <laughs> I have a hot take where, um, okay, Matrix Resurrections wishes that it was Scream 5. That's C- what it completely. wanted to be. I completely 100%. agree. 100%. That's what it wanted so to be. And it We'll failed. get into yeah. that later. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so I like that we're having that conversation here in 1996 where like fandoms are like starting to change, right? With like, you know, the dawn of the internet and like, you know, the accessibility of that and like also kind of like the anonymity that comes with like, you know, being online and having a username and like being able to post whatever anywhere. Like I like this a lot. And I like that through and through Billy Loomis is a fucking villain. Even when we're so convinced that he's not the villain, he's still like, oh, your mom died a year ago. Like, we can fuck now. You should feel better about it already. Yes. Like, Literally. Through and through, no matter what, even when you think he's innocent, you don't fucking like him. He's still a bad guy. He's still a he, bad guy no matter he's what. Li- he literally says, like, look, I get it. Your mom died. But that was a year, over a year yeah. ago. My mom left my dad. My mom and she's left like, my dad. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-mm. This isn't. And, like this is not and isn't about that just you, the and fucking that's not male, the same. Yes. The male species. Yes. 100%. Sorry. And, like, okay, oh, like, no. And, like, Men are trash. Way, <laughs> Men are bad. The way that so he bad. looks at her, right, where every time he looks at her, it's like she's betrayed him. Like, he never looks at her like he loves her. Like, he's, like, thinking the best yeah. for her. He's just and always the booty most tickled. gaslighting line <laughs> of all where he says, you would rather label me a killer than fuck me. What? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, truly. Obviously. It's the God. same sentiment as well <laughs> girls never want just like the nice guy. I don't know. It had like big big that energy. Yes. I guess through and through piece of shit like and then I also like that Stu through and through you like him. And there's just no way that he's the killer. Like he's just yes. some fucking goofball, but no. Yeah. Like I just really love that dynamic. Well, even and, and to to go back to like Stu's character as a whole, in general, even in the moment where you do realize that he is the killer, one of those moments where like, "Oh no, did you call the police? My mom, like, my mom and dad are going to be so, be so mad. mad at me." And it's like yeah. you're still and like, it's, "What a goofball." <laughs> it's so go- goofy, but it's also so intrinsic of that idea of like boyish immaturity in this way of like ownership as soon as the power shifts and it's taken away from you and suddenly there's consequences for actions it's like wait no i'm actually sorry and like don't do that like fuck and then Uh, he comes back and tries to stab you anyway yeah and then he's just like whatever who cares also i love that he is killed with a tv on his head like i feel like that was so poetic like from everything that he because like his whole character the whole time is like these are the rules of horror and this is what you gotta do and blah 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 which of course like and again i love that they made that him and that character and billy both like the villain right and again he was killed by a television so great love this well one of my favorite jokes, just even from like the first time that I saw it, the whole turn around, Jamie, turn around. 
as a concept is so genius. Like he's watching Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween as she's being chased. He's like, turn around. The actor's name is Jamie Kennedy. So it's like, he's commenting on his own personhood in the movie saying, turn yes. around Jamie. Cause he's right behind him. It's the double entendre of like, he's saying his own name technically in this where he's like, turn around, Jamie, turn around. He's Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> like I learned today that so they good. took for that final house scene. It took them 27 days to shoot that final party scene. It was so bad that the I was watching Hot Ones with Courtney Cox today because I've just been on a kick, and it took it took them what like twenty seven days to film those final scenes, and it was so bad that everybody on the crew got a shirt that said "I survived scene one eighty (laughs) something," like something so obscure and honestly screams theater nerd. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, that it was just like so bad that they're just all famously traumatized from that. That is so funny. You know you can uh, Airbnb that house. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. They put the they put the scream house on Airbnb, and it's in um, Hildeburg, Santa Rosa. They shot all of this there. Wow. So it's like. Yeah, it's crazy. That the Healdsburg Square where the police station is, I'm like, I've been there several times. Like, I know this place. The Racer Fry Brewery is right across the street. Like, that's Healdsburg. Nuts. Yeah. So that's where they shot it. That's if so you guys want to go stay the just... night at the Airbnb. I was say, should we all do that? Should we just do it? We 100% can. Oh my God. Um, fuck Airbnb, but for real, it would be really fun to do it. But, like, for real, though, I love that all of the men in this are dirtbags. And yeah. that, and all of the women are hot and strong. Yes, L- literally, a hundred percent. I was like, even the men in power, <laughs> like the cop who's supposed to be like Dewey, he's supposed to be like the one. He's a boy. He's a baby. He's a child, and they make he, you clear that he's, he's incompetent. He's Dewey, like, he's, and he that whole per- joke. Perfect. That's him. Yes, he forever stays a boy too. Like he never really yeah. grows up. Um, no, but even in the midst um, of everything, he's trying to fuck, and you're like. Mm. Yeah, even yeah. everything in your yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> he's at the high school with like dead kids and he's like, Hey, um And he's trying to you're fuck in town this and you're woman like, who arguably yes. was like a bad person. Yeah. But she's using him too to get power, and so I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. There it's, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I have a lot of feelings on on them and their relationship. But first, um I do wanna say that this movie like really like continues to say like oh here's the rules you can't have sex you can't do this you can't do this there's this moment where in the video store they're talking and randy Uh, randy Randy. yes randy thank you he is like talking to Stu, and he's like oh yeah you think billy did it blah 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 blah. i think you did and like (laughs) Stu is like what the fuck you're wild that's like totally trying to throw him off and everything which i mean i didn't see Stu being the murderer so like that was really cool but like there's this line that he says, and mind you, he is trying, like, he wants so bad to fuck Sydney. Like, he's like, look, I know she's yeah. with Billy, but, like, I should get that. He says, there's always some reason to kill your girlfriend. And that scene, that that shot is so perfect because in the background, while he's saying this, and he's saying this fucking loud and proud and just kind <laughs> yeah. of like yelling it to like everybody in the video store. In that scene, like it's on him and behind him, a couple of rows back is a woman that is like looking at some movies. And he says this and she looks at him. She gives him this like, what the fuck? And she like walks out. And I was like, this is incredible. Is, this yeah. is incredible. Because it's like yeah. real people behind these moments. like goofy characters. Yeah.
But yeah, so if you want to know how men in this movie feel about women, it is literally right there. There's always a reason yeah. to kill your girlfriend. Literally always. You don't you don't need to explain it because there's always going to be a reason to kill your girlfriend. Yeah. But I still want to fuck her. <laughs> Here's my fun queer perspective on this movie. And it, I love it. I hadn't seen it until this time that I saw it. My big take is that Billy, Stu, and Randy are all queer. They're all gay. And here's why. Right off the bat, there's sort of like a goofy lankiness, sort of like, Billy's the only one who isn't like, Billy's kind of like the rough, tough boy, but both Randy and Stu are both like a little bit like cozy buddy with each other. And like one of the first lines he says, it's like, they're in the group together and it's like, oh yeah, before you dumped her for Steve, talking to Stu. Being like, oh, yeah, you dumped your girlfriend to be with your boyfriend. like, And the way that he reacts to it's kind of like, not like, oh, I'm not gay. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and you're like, okay, that's interesting. I'm into this. To me, this whole performance of like wanting to sleep with these women and wanting to kill them, the performance of the genre, is this performance of heteronormativity where they're like, it's not real to them, to these men. It's like this isn't a construct of nothing. It's a construct of like what's expected and they're just playing with it. Cause even in the end when they've killed all these people, the way that they react to everything is still just like, it's a game. Do you not see it's a game? We're having fun. Are you not having fun? We're having fun. Like that's the whole vibe. So to me, especially as they're stabbing each other, literally like that oh God, dynamic yeah. was very, very, it's even so to, weird even watching it. Cause I, I literally watched it today. Um, cause I really just wanted to be fresh cause oh, I've seen same. it so yeah, many times yeah, yeah. and I'm trying to really not Mandela affect this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, I need to like really have this fresh in my brain, but watching that today and watching that coy little, like, stop, you stabbed me like a little too deep. I was like, this is an interesting thing that's happening that I never really thought about before because they are very much like that it's all fake it's all a performance and suddenly in this moment it's like ow actually that hurts and oh is this what dying feels like wait this is actually bad and like oh no my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me like suddenly it's no longer a game (laughs) suddenly it's real so this whole performance of like getting to which girl who you want to be with and like just doing whatever like you can just kill her she's not real the idea of being attracted to her is not real none of this is real to them the only thing that is real is them constructing this narrative and performing what they're expected to perform based on the genre given the genre given being horror Mm -hmm. so they intrinsically and deeply know each rule so clearly and specifically that they to a t know how to mask they know how to front they know how to be what it's what's needed of them to be and even jamie kennedy or um randy at the end what does he say he says i probably should be dead i've never been so happy to be a virgin yeah his final line so there's like Mm -hmm. there's already a level of like for as much as he performs sexuality he isn't sexual um even in these moments where he's like oh yeah like hot chick whatever the only times he's really talking about it is like with his bros when they're all like close i don't know it's a reach there is not a lot of it's all subtext there's nothing to like present it as anything that is concrete or canon in this movie but this time watching it it was so like prominent the way they interact like in the video store too the way that they're just kind of like he's like leaning and he's just like oh stop it like you stop like ugh. like it's a little femme it's a little like throwaway and they're just like yeah nothing matters and then really just the idea of heteronormative performance is a performance it's not real this life that they're in doesn't exist and then it does and suddenly it's like wait fuck i do exist in this 
it makes a lot of sense, like you were saying, like, because it's all performance based, right? And performance based on like heteronormativity. And within that, like, what does that mean? That means you don't cheat on your husband, right? So of course, Sydney's mom deserved to die. And you know what? This isn't real. So just to prove that we're like, you know, we're just we're just gonna rape her too. Like, that's fine. Let's yeah, just do this. It's, like, why it's, not? It's, there are it's no consequences. Insi- I'm gonna date her yeah. daughter also like because you know, all the shit that they're doing is so awful and it's the insidiousness of that like um sort of psychotic pull where like mm-hmm. you're not really here it's just your body is here like this isn't real this is all fake mm-hmm. it is so that and it makes it even scarier for that like whole last scene when they're like in that kitchen you're like jesus christ like these guys really don't know what they're doing and i feel like <laughs> it really gives people who are not like women an idea of how women feel just like walking down the street, like getting nervous seeing those guys. Yes. Oh yeah. It's very much like nice for me to feel like other people can feel that anxiety that maybe have never felt that before. Literally. Well, yeah. And also Shelby too, like because um, Sydney and her mom are so hyper targeted in this too, which I'm sure we both know way better than we would like to um, that that's how these kind of men work. That's how they yeah. how they do it. They, You are a target. Like, And it's not just like some random thing. It's like, no, they know everything about you. They know you better than you do. And they're going to tell you what you're like. There's this hyperfixation over women that they hate. That, of course, they hate just because they're gorgeous and they'll never be with them. Because why would we? Um, but, like, but I liked how specific that was because... Ugh, yeah. It's scary as fuck. I mean, I I literally <laughs> just lot. saw a tweet and I mean, whatever, Twitter, that's fine. But it was literally this this person on Twitter being like, I'm so excited today. My stalker and my like online person who's been like claiming that we're together and finding me in my home of three years finally admitted online that we broke up. I can breathe. Like that is just it's so scary. So, mortifying. so like he has to say it and suddenly he's like, Oh, I'm no longer interested because we broke up. And she's like, You're a stranger. Like, that's so scary. I know. You said that. And I'm like, yep, that's how. I hate it when men. And it is really, really, really fucking hard. Like, having a stalker or having somebody come at you like that, whether you know them or not, is absolutely fucking terrifying. So, yeah, Shelby, people that never experienced that, you get to see what that's like and see how, like, it literally frames every moment of your being you know, Sydney is fucking ready as soon as something happens, yeah. right? And she like, also she's like, way and more fearless than every I would have been. Rule. She does like Quote she fucking unquote, goes rule. outside and she's like, "Where are you? I don't see you. I don't believe you. Whatever, yeah. right?" And then also, once people know about like your trauma and what you've experienced as a result of being targeted or your proximity to trauma, that's also kind of the moniker that like. That's how you're externally defined, you know, yeah. because everybody refers to Sydney as, oh, her mom died in that rape and stuff like that, right? Like, and then even the girls at school are like, oh, she just likes attention, which is like, yeah, maybe ugh, she so hard and so and it's like, fuck you. Well, even even Tatum, like, and I know she was like trying to be sweet or whatever, like considerate, but like when they're walking up the stairs and she's like, yeah, because it's almost the eve of. And you're like, don't, yeah. don't girl. No, like, Tatum cop. was a jerk. Like, don't do sure. that. Like, she's your friend. Like, talk to her. Also, be cognizant and remember, don't be like, mm, maybe it's like, 
You, okay, you're not a stranger to this person. You're not even an acquaintance. You're her friend. Eric, that was just Rose McGowan being herself. I know it was. <laughs> but still, it's like, girl, That's your friend. Because, like, I read that a little bit differently because she knows that this is still a subject that is really, really hard for her to talk about, right? But in every other instance, she has her back. Like, was she a little bit late? Yeah, but her thing was going late, right? Like, so it's yeah. not like she meant to be late, right? But like, when she punches Gail in the face, like, she's like, oh my God, you're such a fucking badass, right? Yeah, um, yeah. When, um, when Billy is trying to be an asshole and like talk about like, oh, you won't fuck me, blah, 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 right? I mean, Tatum is like right there to validate her intimacy issues and say, hey, yeah. it's okay. Of course you have, you know, these issues around intimacy. Your mother was raped and murdered. Like how right. how dare this person even say that, right? And she's like, as soon as something happens, you know, she's like, I'll be right there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. You're not gonna be alone. I've got you, right? So I I gave her a little bit of leeway because for me that wasn't she as, deserves like, the I leeway think there but she was just kind I think of a she's just moment. hyper <laughs> I think she's also hyper aware of Sydney's like feelings because nobody also nobody else yeah. is her boyfriend doesn't care Ever. Stu yeah. absolutely doesn't care like some of those moments where That's the group true. is talking I was like oh my god how are you still around these people it's like, so they, nasty it is There's, so nasty it's like the most uncaring. We're just like, yeah, who fucking cares about your mom? And you're like, I let's why are we friends? Like, like that is the most unsafe environment. Like, let's not be friends anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just crazy. But, no, and truly. The other thing that they try to do too, because like again, another another tactic that uh, these types of men will use is they try to get you to feel shame and to feel like you fucked everything up and everything is your fault and they try to get you to apologize to them even if they're apologizing to you so you say no 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 it was actually my fault and we see we see Billy do that right we see him multiple do times. that at almost every turn you know and Sydney thinks she has everything put together and then somebody generally Billy or you know like just rocks her world and she's like doesn't know where she stands on anything now and then she you know gets kind of guilted into fucking billy and then he uses that against her he weaponizes that against her and says you had sex with a psychopath because of your mommy issues dude i have mommy issues because you fucked and killed my mom yeah Yeah. and then you fucked me and like you want to kill us both like my issues aren't my mommy issues issues (laughs) bad yeah exactly Yeah, and then he's and like, now you're dead. <laughs> but movies don't make psychos; they make them more creative. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and just like the last thing about how sinister Billy Loomis was is how good looking he was. Like they really did it to you. They really showed you what your life could be. Harbor I don't Cotty. feel like. I mean, yeah, serial killer. Like we don't have like your average serial killer from the movies these days, but like men like him are everywhere. Yeah, that's so scary. You are so right, Shelby. You fucking nailed that. I've only seen this movie like 500 times. <laughs> I really? Just, I just am obsessed. It's they such just a good really movie. So good. It's so fun. Like, it's so... Because even some of these kills, like Tatum in the garage door. Hard to watch. It's in so the cat funny. Door. Like, they make in you the watch cat door they, make you it. they make you watch it, but it's also like the most silly silly situation like <laughs> i can't fit through the door yeah and but like, now she's oh, no. hanging like <laughs> which which is terrifying ultimately horrifying. but like the whole scene itself because a obsessed with and they make fun of this in a scary movie obviously but where she's just like 
oh yeah are you gonna fucking kill me like oh yeah oh so oh ooh, i'm so scared mr ghostface fucking like kill she doesn't me. think for a second that it's actually she's like, so ghostface. just like it's not it's and like, then whatever. suddenly he like stabs her and she's like wait what and then it's and that's why it's so scary but then like her crawling like the whole <laughs> the whole door i can't get over how funny scary it is um speaking of the scene in scary movie i do just want to talk to it because it is the funniest fucking thing do you remember it yeah i mean unfortunately those two movies are just (sighs) so really funny i did watch that movie so like watching this movie and i watched that like when it came out so i was like yeah okay whatever it made a lot of things make sense and so now watching (laughs) this i was like I fucking get it now. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Because this this is kind of like, it is already in its, in, in up its own ass a little bit, but it's like in a fun way. But then Scary Movie, that whole scene where she's like, you want to like fucking kill me? And she's like, oh, do you want me to break my arm? He's like, what? And she's like, <laughs> she breaks her own arm. He's like, oh yes. no, I'm so helpless. Now do you want me to break my leg and be like, I'm the little sad girl <laughs> and like breaks her leg. And she like, he's like, stops. He like puts his knife down. He's like, I don't know what you're doing. And she like <laughs> just dies doing this whole bit. Where she's like, oh no, I'm broken and I'm bleeding and I'm dying. It's so The two movies funny. don't exist without each other they in my really brain. Don't. It's like when I'm watching one, the other one is playing alongside yeah. it, basically. It's, it's it really was <laughs> It was so funny. Unfortunately, kind of genius. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, because they're both I mean, obviously one is way more satirical, but even this, when you're gonna kill me, so funny. <laughs> oh, obsessed. Obsessed with that. I'm so happy you loved it because I did not know that this was going to be your first time watching through. And I was like, I, I really appreciate about this movie that I feel like through the years it continues to hold up. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot of movies I just watch and I cringe from like movies I, that I used to love. And I like that I don't cringe when I watch this still. <laughs> um, I feel like this movie holds up a lot, too, because like you were saying earlier, like it could literally be anybody like we see a lot of the younger guys. I mean, obviously, it's two young guys that are the killer, but we even see like the principal kind of like flirt with the idea of putting on the mask and like stabbing children. Right. Like right. and at this point, because I was like immediately was like oh my god it's the dad like immediately right and then i was like okay well you know maybe not maybe oh my god is it billy no it's not billy oh wait shit is it oh it's totally it's the principal and then he's dead and i was like okay fuck well it's not the principal <laughs> like, like and then they I find the not... car and you're like it is the dad and then billy dies after saying all that weird shit and i was like oh my god so to me the reveal was super satisfying and i like i had no idea who it was gonna be this entire time and then when it was them i was like oh <gasps> It's such a good turn, the double murder. It is, it's just so smart where it's like, no, yeah, we work together. I also really like how Gail, this character who initially builds her career and like her wealth on the suffering of other women, um, which also, you know, benefits men. She's trying to save men by extorting women's trauma, right? She's trying to get um, Cotton, the person that is uh, was framed for Sydney's mother's murder, like off jail with this book that she's trying to write. So like, and it's not about him. It's not about Sydney and her family. It's about her making a name for herself. And then I guess just a bonus is an innocent man walks free and fuck you, Sydney and fuck your family. Right. So like, I really hated her at first. And then like, I like at, I like that we see her kind of start to question herself a little bit where like, and ultimately 
she shows up and saves the day. Ultimately, she's the one to help release Sydney from this absolute fucking nightmare that she was a part of creating. You know, yeah. so I like that a lot, and I like I like it even more moving forward because ab- absolutely, after watching the this movie, I did read the plot summary on Wikipedia for two through four. Yeah, so that way I would be ready for five because I needed to know, and I do want to go back and watch those, even though I know that people say they're not good. But I do. You now should I just watch need them. To. I think they're worth it. I think it's worth watching. Yeah. One of my last notes, I just want to say, because I love the line read and I love Drew Barrymore. Yes, yes, say it, say it. I wait, know. is it the one? Are, wait, are you sure? About her boyfriend? Because that's the one of the best lines ever <laughs> written in any <laughs> script in the universe. So she's it's talking so on the good. phone to him and how like, oh, I thought you didn't have a boyfriend. He's big and he plays football and he'll kick, kick the her, shit out of you. He'll kick the shit out of you. He's <laughs> big and he plays football and he'll kick the shit out of you. She's so good at Iconic. it. Iconic. It's such a good line. It's so funny because it is just the most like, it's the most generic and it's the most like silly and it's the most unbelievable like, he's not like, even if this guy wasn't like literally about to kill her, he's not It's her this. convincing herself fully. It's her, it's literally her convincing herself. Yeah, it's her like, um, trying to calm down like yeah i do have a guy coming and he's gonna and it's like no you don't and like i'm so sorry and this sucks but you don't but it's just so fun I, he's big and he plays football and he's gonna kick the shit out of you it's uh, such a good line it's so good okay do we have anything <laughs> else to say about scream i don't film. shelby do i you? don't either it's do just you? my favorite movie i just thank you it's so good. for letting me talk about it we should do the next one <laughs> yeah okay let's, let's do the do next it. one In Woodsboro, California, 25 years after the original Ghostface Massacre, teenager Tara Carpenter answers a weird flirtatious phone call from a stranger which quickly escalates from a harmless phone prank into attempted homicide by yet another Ghostface. Tara's estranged older sister Sam comes back to town accompanied by her boyfriend Richie. For Sam, the attempted murder of her sister hits a little too close to home as it turns out she is Billy Loomis's daughter who experiences hallucinogenic visions of her father telling her to do horrible things. With their mom out of town on business, Sam decides to stay in the hospital with her sister, but is also attacked by Ghostface at the hospital. This prompts Sam to tell Tara about the truth of her parentage and the two make amends. Meanwhile, Stu Mocker's nephew is killed by Ghostface, and Sam decides to consult Dewey Riley as an expert on Ghostface to track down the killers before they cause more harm. Dewey, not taking his separation from Gale well, reluctantly agrees to help the group try to work out the killer's identities, which ultimately turns out to be unproductive and ends with lots of hurt feelings. Meanwhile, Ghostface kills Tara's friend Wes and his mother, Q, Gale, and Sydney. Tara and Richie are attacked again, but saved by Sam and Dewey, who is killed, trying to finish off Ghostface once and for all. You've got to make sure you shoot him in the head. Things are weird, sad, messy, and true to the genre. Tara's best friend Amy throws a party, and surprise, her house is the scene of the original Ghostface massacre. Sam, Tara, and Richie show up on their way out of town with Sydney and Gale on their tail ready to take their revenge on Ghostface for killing Dewey. The party ends, several Ghostface attacks happen, Amber reveals herself as Ghostface, killing her friend and also shooting Gale. Also, Sam is stabbed by her boyfriend because of course he's the second Ghostface. It's then revealed they are huge fans of the original stab and orchestrated the whole attack to play out their fan fiction starring the original cast and spark a new Better Stab sequel. See? Messy. A lot of murder happens, most notably Richie and Amber, but the sisters Gail and Sydney have each other's backs. 
So, this movie's good. It's good. It's this good. Is a very good movie. I was so bat, surprised. I'm obsessed with the opening kill scene. Mm-hmm. And immediately yes. on the phone, when he's like, oh, yeah, I heard you like horror movies. And she's like, well, I like elevated horror, blah, 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 that whole conversation. And then they, they immediately call out the like, oh, didn't stab start with a kill scene? I feel like that's part of the genre. Like, the movie opens on a kill scene. We're open on a kill scene. Boom, boom, boom. Love it. Obviously, it follows. Obviously, Hereditary. Obviously, The Witch. So stupid. Obsessed with it. It's so present. It's so (laughs) here. And I feel very seen and called out and whatever. The Babadook. So funny. Like, I love The Babadook. You're like, yes. Amazing. This is iconic. Um, It was such a good scene. It was such a good scene of like... I loved how she's like, she thinks she's safe. They did a really good job, I think, of integrating technology into this story. It is essentially almost the same story, like the bones of the story, right? Like the beats are are so similar and so the same, except like, okay, cool. We have technology. So she's on the phone. She's texting her best friend. And she's also like, you know, when he starts to get threatening, she locks the doors because she has a smart home, of course. And then the freaking they app. Un- they unlock Genius. and she's Genius. like, oh, my God, no. Oh, my God. And then when she's texting Amber and uh, they're like, oh, you think this is Amber you're texting, well, right? And literally, I I thought that was so genius, too. And so scary. And then she actually is the murderer, too, which is so fucking cool. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that was genius. And that built so much tension. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. That was really it's, good. It was super scary. Yeah. Just the like texting with the, like, this guy keeps calling. And then the text is, you should answer it. And she's like, how did you know he's calling right now? And it's like, oh, you think this is Amber? Like, oh, so scary. (laughs) So scary and so cool. And it's just so genius because in the same way that Matthew Lillard has the moment where he's like, this is how you gut a fish. He's like, what? I like to fish. And you're like, this guy's not the killer. He's like, this is just some goofy fisher guy. You see Amber and you're like, oh, shit, they're going to kill her. Like, that's your thought. The whole movie is Amber could die. Yeah. And they never and you spend the whole movie kind of piecing together who is related to which legacy character. Yeah. And eventually I'm like, they're going to reveal that Amber is like this legacy person. Like, yes. hundred percent related to someone for sure. We just she don't has know to yet. Be. And the turn, I loved how quick it was when it's just like they're standing there. She's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> just like shoots. And it's yeah. like, it's me. And you're like, that was quick. Wild. Fuck. It was just well done. She's like, ah, fuck it. And in a big way, a lot of this, like, seemed even more sinister to me because, like, Amber, she grew up with these two sisters. It's not like she's just kind of been around. Like, Sam babysat them, right? They Like, this group has all been best friends forever. So, like, talk about, like, targeting, right? Like, holy fucking shit. Talk about the subcultures of fandom within Reddit. (laughs) That is so funny as the concept of the horror and how. Dreddit, you mean? Dreddit? Yes, Dreddit, exactly. (laughs) But just like, because I feel like some people would be like, oh God, there was Reddit. Like, no, that's literally the answer. Yeah, that makes sense. Like this insidiousness of like them being so chronically online and like needing to enact this like wild fantasy of whatever where real life isn't really real. As the kids would say, they needed to go touch some grass. They really did. And... (laughs) <laughs> that's just wild um i loved modesto shout out i was just like shout out modesto at first i was like what the fuck are we doing why in are modesto, we in modesto <laughs> um <laughs> and just like the more i watched the more wild it got for her reason for being there and how she met this guy and just 
the plot. There's there was a lot of plot in this movie. It was a lot of plot. I yeah. I mean, but it in that really nice classic way that they did in the original, nothing felt slow. I was like 20 minutes from finishing the movie and I was like, yeah, this is happening. I don't know. Like it's this has already happened and Aaron's like, you've been watching this for like over an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, wait, well, what? It's just been moving really fast. Like it you really don't have a moment to start to try to even piece everything together like everything moved so quickly which i love in a scary movie yeah yeah and it, i thought it, it, it was makes it the yeah. misdirect was no, cool too because like richie was like oh my god i've never seen step look i'm watching it for the first time like yeah the the facade that him and amber put up was really good and well, i was like speaking speaking of that my favorite thing is they literally gave it away very clearly and specifically with one Absolutely. line early on and it's so overt and i was like I love that. They just told us who it is because the whole front half of the movie, what is his name? Richie. Richie. He spends the whole time being like, I don't know stab. I know nothing about this. I saw gone with the wind. It's not like whatever, or I haven't seen gone with the wind, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. After they meet Dewey, they leave his trailer and he says very clearly, yeah, he's way more fun in the movies. Babe, you haven't seen any of those movies. Wait, what are you talking about? Queen? Well, he was. He, he did watch them in the hospital. He watched them in the hospital. Oh, but Maybe I missed that. right after that, Dewey like picks up. Like they they have their little powwow, right? And Dewey calls out oh. the whole thing. He's like, "All right, your boyfriend's it. Amber's it. This is happening." Uh, like he he literally reads the whole thing. Reads the room. Is like, "Cool, this is exactly what happened." And then uh, the twins put together like why it happened, right? Where they're like the requel and like that whole like monologue about nostalgia and yeah, like, they were you know, my favorite. The, that was so good. That was so incredible. Okay. I love that. I feel like so such much. a silly guy because I really thought I was onto something there. And I was like, I got it. Nope. He watched the movies in the hospital. Of course he did. Uh, okay. So scratch that. But going to that scene, it's literally the crux of what Scream is about. This scene specifically of them. This is the Jamie Kennedy in the blockbuster talking about genre. That's this scene. That's all this is. But so eloquently again, talking about like, well, they call it this or they call it that, whatever. It's a reboot sequel with legacy characters. That's what this is. To introduce so in this the case, new, yeah. And the way that she just goes through like all the characters, she's like, it's like this. It's like Star Wars. And what was the line? Um, the guy who directed Knives Out <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Well, they're talking about that. And then it's like a call to the Star Wars movie where everyone fucking hated him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I just like how it all ends. It's like, well, then whatever. It's like, babe, you're the star. What are you talking about? Like this story, this is your story. Like we're all tangential to you. It's about you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, it's just, it was such a good scene so good you know what i mean okay and i would challenge if anybody listening watched the new scream and hated it but you liked the new matrix come at me let's talk because there is no fucking way like this movie did that whole meta commentary so much better and it's also so true to the original scream like i i feel like to be mad at that you really didn't like the first scream it's so you beautifully didn't. brought us into this time. Like, mm-hmm. yes, 90s, great. Aesthetically, we're like pretty much back there anyway. But to bring it in to this time and be naturally very inclusive and everything is in there and you hear people online being like, well, they're just like trying to be woke. But I watched that and I'm like, it just felt like there were people in it. Like there was never one moment where I was like, oh, yeah, this is like pandering. 
which is what I yeah. normally feel like yeah, when absolutely. someone is complaining about it's too woke. I'm just like, oh, this movie's pandering. That's why you feel that way. Like that's that's kind of how I feel, right? Like it's every time. What is, yeah, what is woke about this? Like what is woke that you like, don't oh, like goodness. about this? People are actually talking about their feelings because they really didn't do that and like really didn't like resolve any of those yeah. feelings in the first run, right? Whereas here we get some of that closure with Tara and Sam, right? Where they kind of like talk about that and she's like, look, yeah. this isn't like you're not your dad. Like I'm not mad at you. I'm mad that you didn't trust me and that you left. Like you're not this, right? And so like. People are talking about their feelings and uh, people are queer. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't get exactly. that. Exactly. And back to the queer characters and just my favorite characters, the twins being Randy's niece and nephew and also very much being like, you know better than this. Like, where's your protection? You're going to go and find <laughs> that girl. All right. Well, you're going to die. Like, very much being matter of the fact, like, mm-hmm. you go find her. But like, can you bring a, a weapon or something? He grabs the fucking candelabra and is like, cool. That element. <laughs> so of they were the just story, so entertaining the whole movie for me. They were fantastic characters. In the exact same yes. way that Jamie Kennedy was. Yeah, literally. They totally had that spark that he had. That was my favorite implementation for the characters was literally like the rules idea. Yeah. Like as soon as they established like, oh, they're going to treat this like a movie. So we have to treat this like a movie because that's the whole point of this thing. Don't go anywhere by yourself. Do not go in the basement by yourself, you fool. Oh, you're going to go chase some girl? Yeah, you're going to die. Like, like obvious rules. You've seen these movies. We've all seen these movies. Do not break the rules because if you break the rules, you'll die. And then as these characters break the rules, that's when they die. Mm-hmm. And like the scene when um, uh, Mindy... Mindy goes downstairs with Liv. And it's like, oh, yeah, go get some beer. And then they have that like tit for tat like, yeah, I could have been the killer. It's like, how do I know you're not the killer? Well, how do I know you're not the killer? Well, if I was a killer, I would do this. And, and how then they do get, you know that I'm not the killer? You I don't, don't know. But don't you don't trust know that me. I literally don't trust me. And then they get to the stairs and it's like, who's going first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Who's going to go first? <laughs> like, it was just so, it was so funny because it's like, they're taking it seriously, but it's very clearly like, this is a comedy. Like, this is yeah. comedic. This is so inside itself on the rules of horror that being like, so sure of yourself knowing the rules and knowing that she just knows that she's gonna live <laughs> yeah. she knows it well because, she knows it yeah and she knows that her brother's not yeah she's like whatever but for it's the fandom problem. for the for the property for the legacy like they have the randy shrine oh my god yes. on their fireplace and you're like <laughs> these kids are well trained um the rules thing i can't get over i was so impressed by it it was so good and even that turn when she like shoots them in the kitchen, you know, it's her. And then as soon as Courtney Cox and Campbell show up and she's like, "Ow, I've been stabbed. Oh my gosh. Fuck, I'm broken. I'm whatever. <laughs> like outside and then instantly turns it off as soon as they're like, you're fake. So good. Are you kidding me? And she's me? like, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Give her an award. Give <laughs> her like, an award. I, yeah. Like they're like, what do you think? Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Mm, I think she's faking it. And she hears it. She's like, yeah, fuck it. And shoots her and runs in and you're like, this is genius. She's so good. Th- that that whole like performance, that was so scary. That was terrifying. Like, but fun. Fun and terrifying. Ugh. I like so that good. Courtney Cox got to punch someone finally. Yes. One hundred percent. I'm uh I guess do we ha- well that was part of the whole thing was like, do we have to die too? Right. But they're like, well, he had to die. You have to kill off a legacy you character. You need to know that there's stakes, right? And it has to be the beloved one. It does. And yeah. that is mm-hmm. very much Dewey. But they also killed off um, Deputy Hicks, Wes's mom. 
and she's also a legacy character oh technically yeah. and they're oh. like i also like that they're like well wes wes is like i'm a legacy I'm like my mom's legacy and they're like no mm-hmm. it's like not you and then he <laughs> instantly then it it's like yeah. they're being so careful she's like you know what's going on and he's like yeah i do and then he instantly just dies yeah <laughs> like and he I took a shower like you know you're not supposed to do that yeah <laughs> And I like that he's also arguably like the most prepared, the one that tries to like be as safe as possible, right? Where he's like telling his friends like, hey, you have pepper spray, like you have something like protect yourself, right? Like he's, he is the one that reaches out to uh, Sam, right? Like he's really looking out for everybody and, and he's the really one that like, instantly gets framed by amber that's yep. like is yes. west still bugging you and then he's just like this nice guy and i was just expecting him to be billy 2.0 yeah. you know <laughs> just right really they really did a great job of confusing the hell out of me in the beginning i also do like that they make again all the cops not likable and like, they kill a lot of cops in this. And they do, this. which we love. Like, they like, off a lot of them in this. Literally every time. And again, when, like, after the whole scene happens, I want to talk about the deputy Hicks. I want to talk about the mom in a second. But after they die and she shows up to the house, the cop who's supposed to be watching her sister is there. It's like, gone. What the heck are you doing? What are you doing here? It's like, oh, I just got called over. And it's like, where, what about my sister? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean you don't know? I just got, I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Mm-hmm. It's so funny and it's just so just like, oh yeah, dumb fucking cops. But even her, right before she's about to leave, she knows she's going to go do something. She downs a glass of wine, <laughs> which yeah. I was like, ooh, okay. Um, what else does she do? Oh, when she like hits her siren and runs past the thing and almost hits somebody, the guy's like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here. Hi, don't hit me with your fucking car. Um, They're like, so we're great. killing every cop in this. <laughs> yeah. There will be none left. No, none of them, none of the characters, Even you don't the ever hear them being like, like, I'm going to call the cops. Like, I don't think I heard that line once. No. This is probably one of the, like, the first scary movies that I've seen that was like, yeah, we're not calling the cops. Yeah. We're fighting this is a game yeah this is a game which was well and very even um sam's introduction too like the first thing that she does is like yell at the cops right and they're just yeah. like yeah well uh like no get out of here you you gotta leave you gotta leave and she's like are you capable do you know what you're doing and i love that it's great yeah i i it's it was a good movie i like this movie it's so fun and i was nervous because as they say in this movie, like after the second, third movie, like it really falls off. Yeah. They are all, I think that they're all worth at least one watch just to kind of, if you're going to watch this new one, like it's probably good to watch the other ones too. But you don't have to because they fell off so bad. (laughs) Like if you don't want to have to, you don't even have to acknowledge them. If they're going to try to keep this up the same pace, like with this new sequel to this requel whatever um i hope it's just as good i hope it like i hope it stays like on the commentary yeah like I, I would love to see like i want to know who those girls mom is like just yeah. just keep saying like i want to know who the carpenter lady is but if they're gonna do a prequel they better put all the same actors in young makeup or they have to do the irish minute or like do the de-aging thing yeah exactly where they like made robert de niro look like 20 oh my god and he's okay, like 65 yeah. you know what <laughs> i said that out loud i take it back i actually don't want them to do that anymore i, I want it <laughs> now i want it because then to me that can be a whole commentary on like that part of hollywood yes if you get exactly. smart with it. i think That's that would true. be really good i also just like the scene when they're in the car and 
um, there's the misdirect where Richie's like trying to say like I haven't seen it, and she's like, oh, it's the movie where this happens. He's like, that sounds like Halloween, and she's like, no, no, no but it's like this. <laughs> it's like well, that that sounds like Halloween, and she's like, no, 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 but but then this happens, and he's like, so it's Halloween, and she's like, you know what? It does sound like Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a funny, another little quippy thing. Did you ever watch? Did either of you? I guess probably not you, Jess. But did you ever watch? Because uh, Netflix does like the movies that made us. The Halloween episode of movies that made us. Yes. Great. And Fantastic. it is just, and they even talk about it that there's the blueprint. Yep. And Scream does such a good job of using that blueprint and being so self-aware about it. Yeah. Just like in the original to call back to like Jamie watching Jamie Lee Curtis and be like, turn around, Jamie, turn around, Jamie. When they completely stole, not stole, but like the whole plot is the same. Yeah. They're they're paying reference. They're paying homage to the idea of like the classic well done horror, which also it's so funny that that is because like excellent movie. Halloween's fantastic. But Jess, if you ever watch that episode, um, they barely got that shit together. It was like so close oh, to yeah, being an I absolute. It. It was, oh, you did. Oh, yeah. great. It's so close to being an absolute fucking abject failure. Where it's like, what are we shooting next? Mm, they had like no money. I don't know. For let's go over too. there. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, there's not one person that played the killer. No, it's like that one guy, and it's just like, what are you doing? Oh, I don't know. It's Some like, can you put guy. on this William Shatner mask and go stand over there? He's like, okay. Yes. And then suddenly it's like, <laughs> you know. And then that's suddenly the scariest movie. Uh, whatever it's it's crazy because like yes that is a blueprint but it's also a movie that very clearly was so close to not being made and was not that planned i mean john carpenter is amazing but i get that where it's like literally we don't know the shot like i don't have a shot list for the rest of the night we have to go we have to wrap it i don't know what i'm shooting fuck it let's go over there and shoot something and scream was like let's do that but with a clear vision and with more commentary yeah literally really Ugh. interesting to me which it's honestly so for me kind of made the whole thing like i mean i like the movie i i like the story but like if you took out that commentary i i wouldn't like it as much like because well, i feel thing. like that's yeah. part of what like makes that's what makes it and i'm so if glad we had to that, watch it at face value it just yeah it would be no like, different than how many other movies There'd be nothing about it that's unique. It would be the same. Again, it would be the blueprint, but in a boring way. It wouldn't say anything. It wouldn't do anything. It would just exist, which is fine. There's a lot of those movies out there, but it wouldn't be screen. Yeah. And that's why, like, I'm so glad that, like, that formula, because I was like, do they still do that? Like, how are they going to do that? And so that's why when I was reading on Wikipedia, I was like, oh, my God, they make stab movies. Like, oh, my God. So I was like, of fucking cessed. And I was so glad that I read all those things before moving into this one, because I would have probably been a little bit lost. Um, But, like, I like how... All of these things and all of these concepts that they had for the first one, how they just evolved that like we talked about with like the phone and the texting and with um, with moving just from being a movie geek, you know, like in the 90s to like being like a, a dreaded rat, you know, that's like hyping each other off on these like non-existent things or you know what I mean like a literal fanatic yeah literal yeah but like how like again toxic fandom is still the villain right but it yeah toxic fandom itself has changed and the way that victims are are targeted right that has changed and it is even more intentional now right how there's like a meaning behind literally everything in every move because these people have like thought all this stuff out and like literally we see that and 
So the evolution of these things and of these concepts and these ideas, even on like that meta level, like where, you know, again, they're talking about the requels. I loved, I think it was so fucking brilliant, so smart. And I think it was just such a good sequel. And I mean, even like the, what the, what is the guy that they kill? Like he's the second, he's the first death technically the creepy guy in the blue Camaro. Oh, Oh, that's Stu Mocker's nephew. Stu Mocker's nephew. Yeah, his nephew. Yes, so the nephew. I also like that, like they set him up to be like the lascivious man, like the 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 creepy like predator. Yeah, well, like similarly to Billy in the first one, like where it's like all of these guys are trying to just like grab women to fuck them. They are not people; they're objects. He represents all of that, and right at the beginning, it's just like, and they're like, "We're not doing that." Literally, kill kill the mm-hmm. idea of that in this movie. He's gone. Exactly. But also, the way that they, and this just is from a technical level, scares me. As horror movies have evolved, they've gotten, instead of like the languishing of like, like say in like Suspiria, like the stab, like, oh, oh I'm being stabbed and fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's just like a, that is so much scarier. Yeah. Like him walking up behind him and just like in the neck, like, I was like. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Like, that is so, that scares the shit out of me. Because it's like, oh, that's real. Fuck. Oh my god! Like that's no, that's a. Ugh, it's 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 so scary. It's so much scarier. It fucks me up every time I see a movie where it's something quick like that. I'm like, I cringe. I sweat. Like, it's so hard to watch. Yeah, I will say my one gripe was that I really wanted Sydney to die because she made it oh, so long. Yeah, I really love her character. Don't get me wrong; it's not anything to do with me just wanting to see that character die, but like for the story's sake. Because in the way that they were like fans and they were like, you never died. Like yeah. you made it through everyone. Part of me was like, yeah, she has made it through everyone. Yeah. That's weird. And I kind of did want to see it happen. I don't know. Like, and then part of me is like, that's toxic. Why do I feel that way? <laughs> no, but that's, that's not toxic. I do think that that is like such a, that's such an embedded storytelling thing where you're like, yeah. you need to close the arc. You've yeah. said this you're whole thing. You're still leaving it open for more movies. And I'm like, you could just do this one and you could stop literally because i mean they've already greenlit a sequel i do think that would have been the perfect close where it's like we have our character from the first one now she's here there's been this commentary like how have you survived how have you survived how have you, how have you survived close the chapter close the book end of story she's over the story's mm-hmm. over yeah especially i felt like it was going to happen too because like she was being so comforting to sam she's like hey i know what you're going through i'm here to talk it's okay but you can't run from this because it's just going to follow you. I'm here to help. I've been through this. I've got you. I left my kids for this, you know, like <laughs> from the queen of running. <laughs> you're not alone. And I was like, OK, cool. This is what they're setting up. Right. I mean, I do think that it would have been better narratively if they did that. Uh, I am I agree with you. I also like the idea of Sam going up to her at the end of the movie and being like, am I going to be okay? Like, is this like a thing? And she's like, hey, it's going to suck, but you're going to make it through this like eventually. But I'm here, you know, like, because I, I don't know, I'm conflicted because I do think that it would have been good for the story if she had died. But also like, I like the idea of women surviving trauma and this much trauma and like, And if Sydney goes to help somebody that's experiencing the same sort of trauma that she experienced and dies, what does that say about Sam and her future, you know? So yeah, definitely. That's a great point. Now that I think about it, I'm like, you know what? 
would it have been narratively cool? I would have accepted it, but I do like this a little bit better. Like yeah. as and a story. We got the gorgeous visual of all of these women at the end of this story. Yes. yes. Like perfectly framed where it's like the two of them and then the sisters and they're just like, we survived. And you're like, oh yeah. For, especially for horror where like, the crux of most of these movies is like kill your women. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the, what are we most of the people <laughs> that died? Do this were like, like all men, insane. right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, pretty much. Also, Gail's face when she finds out that Dewey died, I yeah. fucking cried. Like, yeah. I had just met these characters like two hours ago, <laughs> and like <laughs> I read about all of their relationship online, and I was just like. Just fucking weeping. That was a really hard scene. Also from a stand. <laughs> and especially like stand talking. Standpoint. Oh, I was yeah. just such a f- like, I try really hard to not feel like I have parasocial relationships with celebrities. <laughs> I do. But Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Oh, my God. David Arquette. I don't know how I could have ever forgotten his name. I loved them together just like as a couple so much because they yeah. were together for so mm-hmm. long that to like see to see them having their moment together on screen I like was very very much teary eyed like just knowing like they had done an interview that was like that was you know very cathartic for us and we like yeah. still have their teenage daughter that's like gonna be the next big nepotism baby I'm sure oh, Coco yeah. Arquette Wait, like that what okay, the so name they were like married. that for they were married yeah. in real life they were together in real life for oh, they were together shit. for okay. yeah they met on the screen movies so i just oh i just was such a fan so to see them on screen together again because i was like oh. maybe they won't even do it it was just okay. it was a big treat for me personally that makes me even more sad especially like yeah when gail <laughs> then when gail like talks to him right and she's like tells him you were a lot of things but you weren't a coward it would have mattered if you told me that this wasn't for you like yeah, Ugh, I I cried then too. God, like I both of them just yeah. like not even having like the full context of their characters, but just like seeing these snippets, like the chemistry to, between them, like totally makes sense now. And it's like, wow, okay, yeah. And Damn. him dying before they could get back together and fix it after I having know. that for me was just like, yeah, that's they're never gonna get back together in real life either. Good for me. <laughs> so I while I said I try not to have parasocial relationships, obviously I'm working on it. It's hard. <laughs> No, because I feel the same way, especially with them, too, because they were very much. I mean, they were together from 1999 to 2013. So they were together for 14 years. So, that, I mean, that's a good, okay. good chunk of time. They've been together for they were together for a while. It was a lot of my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like us growing up largely. Yeah. But hmm. yeah, I. Um, Coco. The- Coco an- Arquette. Indeed. Oh, that's so cute. She's gonna be that's a star. such a good. Yeah, she's name. gonna be a freaking star well, for sure. Already with an Arquette. Yeah, you're gonna get yeah. it. But Coco Arquette, babes. absolutely from it's the Courtney Cox Arquette. Like, it's it's over. It's yeah. I only know that because Olivia Rodrigo loves all the is friends with all the nepotism babies. Oh, of course. And I just watch her stories and be like, it must be nice being <laughs> anyway. and being famous. And being oh, famous, my God. I love them. Yeah. So what's that like? Congrats. <laughs> Congrats right. to them. Good for them. Okay. Good for them. Okay. There are two things that did bug me that I feel like didn't get resolved or weren't really talked about. Um, one being the bruises on um, the male twin's arm. Right? Oh, I feel like yeah. there's a deleted scene there. Yeah. Um, and two, what's the pink hair girl's name? I forgot her name. But like she, we have like, 
these like moments where she seems unstable or where like you know like they're they're kind of painting her in that light where you're like they're trying to like well you can't trust her she's like maybe she's the killer maybe whatever right maybe she had that thing with that guy and for it seemed like there was a lot of subtext like subplot there that there was we a never lot of actually subplot. saw through yeah yeah and i think that if they included that that might make that like the stew like that guy's death like maybe a little bit because i was like oh okay he's dead like it was just like here he is and he's dead okay but like also like they they did these like weird things with her that like i feel like were meant to hold more weight in the actual story where like everybody goes to the hospital and she's like no no no, i'm gonna stay here it's fine whatever right and then she doesn't want to use like find my friends, which I guess like we we find that later, right? But like she also doesn't want to have sex. But then all of a sudden she's like, I mean, they they put a lot of things out there. I feel like she was just really a messy character, but not in like a good and thoughtful yeah. way. She was just kind of like she was there. Yeah, she could have just as easily not been in the story. Yes. Um. If they were to have removed her, but I feel like because she did have so many weird things about her that there's an extended version that we're like not seeing that I would be interested to watch because yeah. I want to know why that happened. Well, part, you're very right. Part of me thinks her character is literally just for the archetype of horror girl, like where she's messy, she's chaotic, doesn't yeah. really make any good decisions. It's like very whatever, like. Like, no, I'm chased, I'm a virgin, but suddenly wants to fuck. Like, like all of those tropes of, like, the very typical horror girl. Yeah. It was all her. Mm. Right? So that's how I read her, where, like, all of these other very okay. astute young people who are like, no, we have to play by the rules. Here's what it is. And somebody's like, yeah, that's why this is this. It's like all these people. And she's like, wait, what do you mean? Like, she's the girl from every other horror movie, butted up that against- That lives. All- yes. Butted up against all true. of these other smart people who are so inside and so into exactly they know the nuances of the genre and everything. She's like, what's a what's a war? What do you mean? Like, she's the silly, <laughs> dumb girl. But I feel like Scream is usually and s- Scream is usually whatever. But like they <laughs> historically always have something that explains it about the character. It's right. True. They didn't. And she doesn't really and, have that. She doesn't have that commentary yeah. from other people, usually other characters that are like, hey, you're fucking up just the one scene where they go back and forth. But even then. You're not entirely sure she's not the killer. Like they, I think it yeah. was really just for the plot twist of it all, but it it did kind of lack there. Yeah, like, in, I wish. I feel like she. I wish they had called it out. To me, she doesn't fit that archetype as well because she like. I don't know. She isn't ditzy. You know, she she. I feel like she is smart. Like there is obviously some baggage and stuff, but like. I feel like there was definitely something there that was removed or that they took out or, you know, and I feel like without that context for that character, that character doesn't need to be there. You know what I mean? Because what did we know? She was new girl. She was love interest of the guy. Didn't don't really know how that happened or why. But she was also with these other guys. There is. Yeah. Yeah. It, we're very spoiled in the first movie with everything kind of making sense by so, and some other character comes in and makes it make sense. And for her, it just we never really got that. And my last thing about this movie also is that Wes was also like, quote unquote, one of the, like the higher build people on it because he's in that band Wallows and like. Oh, yeah. He also was like somebody that they were like, oh, he's going to be a main character. And then they like kill him off. Kill him early. Which because he was 13 reasons why. 13 reasons why, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about him. I didn't even know. 
the same way you forget about Drew Barrymore once they start stabby stabbing on yeah. someone else. I mean, I do like that they didn't do the same like kill the girl right at the beginning. Yeah. Because it's already been done. Yes. We're subverting it. She survived. You're like, yeah. oh. You're like, oh, crap. And who is, I mean. And she's it. less relevant. She's still less relevant to the actual story. Yes. Like she's just the first attack still. Mm-hmm. Which I She like. just sets everything in motion. And because in my head, I was like, well, if they're going to kill her, who is she? I was like, not to be a dick, but I was like, this is not Drew Barrymore. I was like, she is not as famous. I was like, how are we going to get away with this in this? I was like, this girl is not it. But then she survives. I'm like, oh, good. They didn't do it. Good. Then good for you, Olivia Rodrigo. You had a great scene. <laughs> I did Killed think it. that it was very funny that Sam resolving her being the daughter of a murderer, a, a mass murderer, was her killing a mass murderer (laughs) yeah yeah right like the whole time she's like oh my god what if i'm like my dad what if i'm a bad seed what if like you know like my mom was unfaithful what if i'm like she's she's has all of these like questions right absolutely when you find something absolutely heartbreaking about your your lineage you would have all of these questions right but she like then starts blaming herself and doing the whole thing and she's so ashamed and so ashamed and then once it comes out she starts referring to herself as billy loomis's daughter right then her her whole resolution is like listening to him when he's just like just kill him it's fine you can do it yeah. you you've got me and you you you're capable of killing right yeah. <laughs> i was like i don't know and she goes off yeah she fucking goes off that was like, wild to watch it was very cathartic to watch yeah. though yeah like to just watch also to, to kill stabby, another stabby. to kill another nepotism baby yeah iconic mm-hmm. jack quaid Dennis Quaid's son. More oh my God, children. There's so many there's a nightmare. babies. This is why there's, we can't get jobs in creative fields. There's literally yeah. too Fuck many. You. That's literally the only reason. <laughs> We're back. We did it. We made it through. We screamed, we screamed, we scrummed. Scrams. Scrammed. Um. Am I taking the lead on this? Should I take the lead? Is that crazy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you can. Or do you want me to? do it here you go for i feel like i'm breaking the i'm breaking the you go for it. you do it i feel like oh I'm breaking i guess the i usually do do that huh i'm not using yeah. okay okay so we're back we made it we <laughs> screamed and scrummed and screamed and scraped by Scram. and here we are 1996 scream eric who was it for that's a great question i'm gonna say i was gonna say for the genre but that seems vague and not funny so i'm gonna say it was for i don't know who it was wow for. this is the first time that like i've asked you because well, i don't, and I don't, I don't really a... yeah i don't really know like i was gonna make a joke about jamie kennedy but i couldn't land it so i didn't say it um no it's for the for all scary movies everywhere because it's like a reinvention it's for the of, genre it's for, it's for the genre yeah it's for the horror genre that's what i should have stuck with <laughs> Shelby, uh, who Shelby. do you think it was for? I have an answer. I sincerely think that it's for the girls and gays. Oh, and that's better. the end of the end. That's like the end of the answer for that's, me. That's that's correct. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Very good. I will not. I will not be elaborating. <laughs> what do you think, Jess? I have two. One, it's for Nev Campbell. Okay, for her career. Two, it's for me. Now that I've seen this movie, this movie is for me. And I wholeheartedly embrace this. <laughs> this goes into the uh, the pocket of beloved 90s, early 2000s media yeah. where... 
things that I love like Buffy exist in. And it's so funny because I'm coming to this later in life and like I never watched Buffy until like a couple of years ago, like just before the pandemic. And now I'm watching this and I have this special place in my heart for these things. So it's for me and every other answer is wrong. Thank you. I will not be taking questions. Gorgeous. I wish the <laughs> listeners could hear how loud my not my head nodding is because that <laughs> I'm so happy for you. It really is. It is a part of the 90s culture genre aside. It is yeah. such a seminal piece of Well, media. and it's so it's so cool because like in the 90s, we were getting so many depictions of like fake girl power and fake feminism and things like that. And this is not that. And Sincerely. it's like yeah. not even it doesn't even say like, hey, we're feminists, blah, blah, blah. It's just like this is the story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, this goes into that that special place in my heart. So thanks, Scream, for existing. <laughs> uh, Eric, did you like it? I love it. Scream is such a good movie. It's so important. It's such a, it's such a, it's so good. Yeah. I love this movie. Shelby. Ah, love it. Sincerely. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is so fucking good. Again, very mad that nobody earlier in my life told me that horror (laughs) could be more than just like a stabby stab, which is so funny because that's... I sincerely anyways. thought you had already seen this. I had just assumed. No. I guess that was a poor mistake on my end, but I, I'm i sure that we would have been in your ears much sooner had we known that you'd never <laughs> seen this movie. Yeah. A lot of my cinema education has begun through this podcast, I will that's say. That's so fun. I like that. So and I will say, I definitely, I definitely try to like sneak in horror movies. Occasionally be oh. like... What was it like last I'm Halloween? I was like, let's do the ring. Let's do this other one. And you're like, mm, no. And I'm like, that's totally cool. I get it. I'm so <laughs> happy that we're like dipping into it now. Obviously, it's an outlet. This is an outlier, but. Horror movies also give me anxiety. I feel that very much so. Eric is also the reason I end up watching a lot of scary movies that I otherwise would not Oh, have I know. I showed her Hereditary. Well, no, you'd seen it before. No, I had not. You saw it. Okay. No, I had not. I watched it in your creaky ass San Francisco Cecilia house that was a hundred percent haunted. Scary. Oh but my god. I told it's Jess. Fun. I told Jess uh, she should watch it. It's a, it's such a scary movie, and it's so funny because that's I... also one of the fucking movies that I it's included in the like the second the sequel of this yeah. goddamn thing where it's like hereditary. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Why are we doing scary. this to me? But it is scary, and it is a commentary on like generational trauma and loss and grief and it's like such a good it's so fucking good and scary anyway i do so much better with scary movies when (sighs) one it's at home so i can watch it first thing in the morning with all of the lights on i don't care that it is daylight like bright fucking daylight outside and i can uh pause it when i need a break and I can look at my phone like, uh, OK, if you take out all of the stabby stabby bits from this one and now I don't like seeing that. I don't need to see that. That just creeps yeah. me out uh, and that scares me. So because uh, then I'm like, oh, my God, what if that was me? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I do some projecting. So like when that happens, I just like look at my phone and like, you know, I can see things happening out of the peripheral. You can That's tell great. when it's done. I Exactly. I love that. I also am super down to watch scary. Like I'm more down to watch a scary movie when I have it spoiled for me or have some context for it because then it's like, I know what's happening. Nothing can hurt me now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's powerful. So Scream 2022. Eric, was this (laughs) new, interesting or the same progressive regressive? How are we feeling? 
it was new and interesting. Um, I'm gonna say it's all three actually because it stuck to the same exact idea of being so inside of itself and this genre bending like commentary meta bullshit, but it heightened it right. So it is the new interesting version of the same thing. They didn't try to reinvent it; they simply just modified it, added to it with the current landscape of media and of horror in general. So I think it's all three. I thought it was progressive in the way that it depicted all of its characters. I mean, queer characters, we love that. Yeah, Shelby. So it it is new. Well, I don't know. It's it's just the perfect thing. It's new and it's progressive, but it's also not trying very hard to be new and progressive. It just naturally is with the times. Yeah. And I think that that is what the original one did so well. I think it is like a great reflection of 1996's Scream. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah, 100%. It's, it is very good. And I don't think that it's incredibly progressive, but it's not regressive. It's like, I think it's right where it needs to be within its genre. Yeah. And yeah. that's super... because most horror movies are just horrifying, quite <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Uh, in, in just everything. Every regressive way possible usually to me personally and that's Sorry. like a really really good take because like i when you said that i was like i totally agree 100 percent because like it's not you're right it's not trying to be progressive it's not trying too hard to do all of these things where when they bring back these movies they really are trying um <clears throat> cheaper by the dozen we just did that in the last episode <laughs> um <laughs> And Matrix Resurrections and all of that. Like, they try so fucking hard. And this one doesn't try. It just is. And it just is a good fucking movie. And yeah. I think that that's, that's what makes it, honestly, more progressive. Because it's not like, look at here. We have a gay character. It's yeah. like, I'm going to sit on the couch and smoke weed and make out with this chick. Like, And they fun. weren't yeah. like, they weren't like, hey, cab. They were like, here, these Cops died. These cops are dumb. And, <laughs> and they're stupid. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just bad at their job. And you're like, hooray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just really well written. It was new, interesting, also the same in all of these same places. And then, like, you know, breaking those moments that you were talking about, Eric, where it's like the beginning, Tara survives. And then we kill Stu's like connection and all this stuff. Like, so it's taking these same beats and like taking them away to, I don't know. It's, it's very good and it's cool. Yeah. And I was into it. So yeah, same Eric, who do you think this is for? Uh, forward slash stab films subreddit. It was for stab fans. It was for the idea of fanatic. It was for toxic fandom, the stab fans, the stab fandom. That's what it was for. <laughs> Who do you think it was for? I think it was just for the culture. For the culture, yeah. There is a very specific culture around these movies. And I think that it was quite... They weren't trying to get a new audience. No. It was for the culture. It was for the culture. It really was, yeah. Jess, who do you think it was for? I think it was for Dread It, 100%. I love movies when they call out toxic fandom and toxic fandoms that have been built around them uh, even like video games and stuff like that whenever a piece of media that you know becomes so big that it is co-opted by like assholes or people that turn it into something that it's not or you know I love the call out 
I love that they did that. And I love that it's done in such a direct way to where like everything that the, that those like once the killers were revealed, it was like everything in the set was like, this is so good. This is perfect. I yeah. love this. Like that, really like good. that switch to like just absolute fanatical, like this is so great. Nothing is real. Like, you know, because which is also ties back into the first one, right? Where like nothing is real, you know, this is where we're at, you know. Also, the the you know what people love more than a shitty whatever a based on a true story or whatever like the line about the based yes. on a true story I was like and it is so much <laughs> scarier it's scarier yeah uh, did you like it Eric I really liked it I thought it was fantastic granted I still like the first one more I still think the first one is a better film but this one was really fun really well done I thought it was really good I really liked it what did you think yeah. did you like it I liked it it exceeded my expectations beyond measure yeah that was enough for me to be like okay this is great it's a good movie original movie obviously still og is always going to be the best yeah it's still better but this is a nice like it's a nice conversation with it like they're in conversation with each other yeah. in a nice way Jess, what do you think? Did you like it? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I really did love this. I did not expect to love this as much. Again, we don't have a lot of luck with uh, sequels, requels, anything coming out and actually being good or having anything of substance. So this was such a treat. It was so cute to see the whole cast together again uh, yeah. 25 years later. And... I, of course, liked the first one more, but I think that this was a really good sequel. Thank you all for listening. Uh, and thank you, Shelby, for uh, hanging out with us. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for letting me weasel my way onto this episode because when I heard that you were doing it, I was like, oh, hell <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I gotta be there. I gotta be there. So thank you. Like I, you were in my living room and I was like, oh yeah, we're doing these movies. And she was like, oh my God, Scream, I'm on that. This like, is my no episode. Thank fucking you. fucking way. We freaking have to. way. Sorry, do we cuss on no, this podcast? No, cuss the shit. shit <laughs> cuss the shit cuss out. Cuss the shit, cool. Cuss the shit out. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media. Duh. I'm scared. Our work in music is by Eric Lefebvre, editing by Danny Barkley. And thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric and Shelby. Thank you, Shelby and Jess. Thank you, Jess and Eric. Oh my gosh, we're also thankful and it's so cute. And remember, so stay well. cute. And stay critical. Goodbye. Bye. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the NostalgiaNetwork.com for more. You enter the dungeon and see the evil wizard pointing his wand directly at you. He says, Show me a funny and delightful actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, or I'll consume your souls! What do you do? I take out my phone and find Quest Friends Forever on Spotify. I show him how to find Quest Friends Forever on Apple Podcasts. I share the Quest Friends Forever Instagram and YouTube pages with him. And you all get critical hits! Yay! Quest Friends Forever is an actual play podcast starring four friends with varying levels of Dungeons & Dragons experience. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday as we embark on fantasy adventures, play fast and loose with the rules, and laugh at each other's shenanigans. No prior D&D knowledge is required to listen, so everyone can feel free to join the fun. 
Quest Friends 4, that's the number four, like how there's four of us, ever. Find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Quest Friends Forever.